Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. What is going on, everybody? We are getting ready for busy season, and by that I mean busy travel season. So I figured I would do a airport scams episode. Um, I'm going to get back to counterfeit stuff. Um, I'm kind of researching a lot of different ones now. There's a ton more that I need to do, but I need to research them to get kind of privy to it. I feel like these are a little easier to do when we're talking about something as common as airport scams, because a lot of the counterfeit stuff we talk about you know, that it does happen. It just doesn't happen um, as frequently or even in like our immediate area. So I like to do things that are applicable to everybody. And I know um, most people, which will talk about the busiest airports. So at least we can get kind of an idea of where some of these scams will probably happen. Not to say they won't happen at small airports because they definitely will, um, especially if they know what this list is and especially if we're attaching scams to the busy airports. Uh, maybe they want to move to the less busy airports and scam on there. So, okay, so let's talk about number one, which was surprising because I'm constantly at this airport, but it's the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. It is a very, very, very busy airport, um, but I didn't know it was the busiest. So total passengers that come through is 93,699,000 a year. And next is Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport at number two. That is 73,362,000 people a year. These are Denver. Uh, number three is Denver. Um, Denver International, International Airport at 69,286,000. And number four is O'Hare International Airport at Chicago, um, 68,340,000. So that top four is all American airports. That's crazy. Number five, we got Dubai International Airport at 66 million and 69,000 people. Uh, then we're back in America at number six, which is Los Angeles International Airport, 65,924,000. Number seven is Istanbul Airport in Turkey, 64,486,000. Then we're off to the UK at number eight, which is Heathrow Airport in London. That is 61,599,000. Then we've got number nine in France. Uh, we'll actually be going here in August. So this is the Charles de Gaulle Airport in France. And this is 57,474,000. And then at number 10, We've got uh, Gandhi International Airport in India. That's in Delhi. That's 57290000 which we have an entire episode all about scams in Delhi. So if you want to listen to that one, we've got that before that. So um, number 11, uh, or we've done that before, sorry. This is early. This is the earliest I've ever recorded a podcast. It is 8 a.m. in the morning. So number 11, John F. Kennedy International Airport in Queens. That is 55,287,000. And then number 12, Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas at 52,600,000. And I'll go on a little bit more. I know this is getting a little number heavy, but uh, number 13 is Amsterdam uh, Netherlands, that is uh, 52,472. 
Then we, then we got Madrid at 14. Um, that is 50 million. Uh, Miami International at 15 is 50 million again. Then Tokyo, and I'll just leave out the numbers. So Tokyo at 16, Orlando at 17. Think Frankfurt at 18, and then um, Charlotte, North Carolina at 19, then Mexico City at 20. And I won't go on after that. I feel like that we get the gist. We know what the most popular ones are. So it seems most of these are going to happen probably in America. So let's talk about the top 10 airport scams and how do we avoid them. And basically, when you're at the airport, you are probably like the most vulnerable you are just because there's a lot of people. Your senses are heightened. You've got all your stuff with you. You're trying to make a deadline. I you, I think you're just seeing people in like the worst state. When you're in an airport, it's just... I mean, I'm a little more chill, I think, because we've done a lot of them. But still, even then, and then after like COVID measures, you've got all these different rules. And it's... Yeah, you're just always on edge. Just because you never know if something's going to be canceled, delayed. There's so much up in the air. No pun intended. Um, Because like, they're airplanes. Yeah, but... um. And then everything's more expensive and it's just blah. Like airports are kind of crazy. Okay, but let's talk about the airport scams and why we fall for them. Um, because we just talked about like people are vulnerable. So I think people like to take advantage of that. Plus they've all got money with them because they're going usually um, somewhere where they're going to spend that money. So let's talk about the airport security scam. Okay, so airport security um, is Usually pretty tight, I would say, these days. I don't think um, anybody would think they weren't. But scammers are actually using the security procedures to make off with the victim's most valuable goods. So while you unload your valuables into a tray on the conveyor belt, it slides off to be scanned. We all know that. We watch it. We see it, you know, we see it done every single time we go to the airport. But you then go wait through the body scammer. A scanner, sorry, it's too close of a word, but the person in front of you is taking forever. So they now have the most, uh, most of your jewelry, keys, watches, phones, wallets, all that stuff on the conveyor belt and ready to be scanned. However, the person in front of you is now going to be taking so much longer than a usual person. You're just going to get irate, so you're kind of staring at the person, staring them down. They're taking off a watch. Oops, I've got a ring in my pocket. Oops, I've got my belt on still. Blah, 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 blah. Just waiting, waiting, waiting while the person who's already went ahead is now rummaging through your goods up front. Because most of the time you can't see through it. Um, I mean, you could, if you are diligent about it, you then could see it. I mean, if you're looking over, you can kind of see it just to be aware of what's going on. But yeah, people could absolutely do that. And then they're gone. And I think it's just, uh, it's a pretty hard thing to get back because people are then off. They could hide it somewhere. But um, always to watch your stuff because uh, this seems like a pretty easy scam. I would say uh, very easy. So just kind of watch your stuff at all times and um, try to get through as quickly as possible and get back to your goods. So just, yep, keep your eyes on the belt and just kind of watch for anybody who might be loitering around suspiciously. I mean, these people are, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're susceptible to all sort of facial cues. So if you're watching them and you, you know, this person's watching around, this person's looking really weird, let's go. Um, and then just go talk, you know, talk to somebody about it and let's, Let's get them off the uh, off the grind there. So if you have a laptop, um, you can put it in like a brightly colored case just so you can see it and try and disguise kind of most of your valuable belongings 
under the not so valuable things. So kind of layer it. So yeah, just make sure you're looking. Okay, so number two is the distractor. So an individual leads you kind of away from your suitcase. Like, hey, 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 can you come over here real quick? You know, just a real quick thing. And then another person reaches into the pocket inside your luggage, um, trying to get your money or passport. Um, so don't all don't carry all of your valuables in one place. That's a big one. And then keep a photocopy of your passport somewhere safe too. You don't want to be lost at a loss without your passport if you're going somewhere. So a copy of it is just as good. Obviously, if you need kind of an excuse to carry it around, it's not like you can just carry that around. But like, let's say, hey, I lost my passport. I have this. Um, I have this photocopy of it. Or sometimes you can even keep a um, photo in your secure folder on your phone. I wouldn't say keep it out because of something we're going to talk about later. Like don't keep it just in your um, gallery. So how do we avoid this? Um, It's fun to talk to people at the airport. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But just stay vigilant. Um, Handcuff yourself to your luggage. No. Um, just, uh, yeah, make sure you keep your luggage with you. I mean, they announce it constantly. So obviously it's happening. It's not like it's not happening because, uh, they announce it constantly. They say like, I can't remember exactly what they say, but basically they say, keep your luggage on you at all times. Don't carry anybody else's luggage. I mean, that's about a scam as old as forever. The whole mule thing where you can like get paid to take this across the line or, Carry somebody else's luggage for them with yours because they're flagged, which is a red flag in general. So the distractor, let's make sure when we're talking to somebody, they're not trying to get one in over on you. Make sure the excuse is good, but also bring everything with you when you're doing whatever the distractor is having you do. Um, There's probably a lot of really, really compelling good ones, and that's what we're talking about is the... Because again, you're in a heightened state of volatility Maybe you want to help somebody out because it's your one good deed before you start screaming at somebody on the airplane for being um, annoying. So you want to get that out of the way before you go do the deed on the airplane. So number three is the fee, uh, the free Wi-Fi airport scam. So if you connect to an unsecure Wi-Fi hotspot, it can give thieves access to your passwords and accounts. And you don't want to be caught in that situation really ever. So never assume you have the official airport Wi-Fi without checking because there are a ton of airport or a ton of Wi-Fis. Uh, when you go on it, you should be skeptical that just in general because there are a ton of Wi-Fis when you try to log in. Usually it's the top one because it has some sort of security-like feature. So it would, uh, sorry. Ooh. So it would definitely be the first one. But not always, you know, it, it would, you'd assume it would be the first one. So make sure you check that, and it's usually a multi-tiered system. So when you do click it, you have to go to a secondary source, then log in through there. So just be careful, and uh, if you do just ask about what the Wi-Fi is, that doesn't hurt either. Just go ask somebody. You know, it's just a in the sense of somebody who works there, not somebody else. Because you could be asking the person who is currently putting the Wi-Fi out there. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, um, it's... Uh, airport wi-fi and you should just log in that and make sure you open all your banking apps after that so um yeah you got to be careful about who you actually ask too so ask somebody who's there okay uh who's somebody who's worked there uh number four is the baggage carousel bump so let's just say you're standing waiting for your luggage and then someone bumps into you they say sorry but then you realize you have no wallet later 
So make sure your valuables are safely secured and be vigilant. Again, everyone's eyes are diverted at the baggage carousel. They're all looking for their baggage. They aren't concerned with what's in their pockets. They are, you know, whether it's somebody's hand or the lack of your wallet. So make sure you are still in a heightened sense um, around you of your, you know, surroundings when you're at the carousel. Uh, because, and again, like tip tip two is not to just stay right next to the carousel because that's the big problem is people just wait there. Wait till you see your luggage, then go collect it. But plenty of people just stay around the thing and it becomes this really big cluster and you can't even see your suitcase when it comes by. So you just get mad at people. Feel like I'm projecting, but um, okay. Number five is the suitcase helper. So while we're talking about baggage collection, somebody could assist um, or at least offer to assist you with your luggage and then refuse to return it until you give them money for their help. I think this one's pretty hard to do, just because there is a lot of like security around. So if someone did do that, you would just be like. Um, hey, this guy, and I can also name the four top four things in that luggage, so it's clearly mine. And also, I think it would have your name on it. Um, so if there is anybody around, you could just be like, hey, this dude's just not giving me my luggage. It's kind of weird. And um, But the other thing is, is, and then this is probably the more likely one, is they probably act as the porter, like an official airport porter, and then they just bring it to the thing, and um, they charge you probably a crazy amount for it. Um, and maybe when they get out to the car, then they refuse to give you your luggage back. So there's a lot of different iterations of the suitcase helper. But always try to get an official airport porter, um, whether you go to the porting station or ask somebody there to go get you a porter. Uh, again, somebody who works there. Okay, so number six, airport pickpocketers. Uh, so after picking up your luggage, you can be distracted looking for a car rental desk, exit signs, or someone, or somewhere to get a drink because you just got off an airplane and, again, somebody was yelling at you So, because you're in a big metal tube being thrown from one place to the other. So while you're distracted, pickpockets are waiting to grab the valuables, which you have shoved in your pockets, kind of like mobile phones or wallets, just because... That's what you do when you get off an uh, airplane, you've shoved everything in your pocket. So you won't know anything about it until it's too late and you go look for your belongings. So make sure everything is secure. Do your bags add up? Uh, don't put anything valuables in your pockets or of your suitcase and keep anything of value in your inside jacket, pocket, or handbag. So make sure your travel insurance covers pretty much anything like this. Um, you can get travel insurance. I usually don't just because I do take a lot of these precautions when we go. Um, so, yeah, that's a big one. Also, don't think that just because you have a lock on your suitcase that somebody's not getting in there. There is a video that I might try to do a, um, I might try to do a TikTok on. Basically, somebody can just put a small little pen in your zipper and it opens right on up. It does. They don't even need to access your lock. The lock's almost irrelevant. Um, so that's big. So to make sure that you're making sure your pockets are all good and making sure everything is solid there. Okay, so next is the uh, number seven is the mobile phone airport scam. So vendors offer to rent you a mobile phone with the pretext you get your security deposit back when you return the phone. But they do not tell you that you get an exorbitant call charge, like a crazy amount of... Uh, so research companies before you leave and get your mobile calls much cheater, cheaper. So this one does not usually apply to U.S.-based ones, I don't think. I think most people internationally get service in the U.S., but when you're going somewhere else, like some of those busier airports I was talking about in other countries, 
and you don't want to pay the crazy roaming fees, well, first of all, I would say just pay the roaming fees. I think Verizon offers a pretty good travel pass anywhere, and it's like $10 a day. And I can't imagine anything being cheaper than that, plus you have the awesome reward of having your own phone, which is great. But in some cases, you might need to get a different SIM in another country. And with that, um, you just it's easier, I guess, to get a different phone or to rent them. And in that case, the call charges are ridiculous. And probably you're not getting that security deposit back even if you return the phone just because they'll say there's some water damage or blah, 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 blah. So that's not something I've actually had to experience, so I don't really know. But um, it seems like it's pretty straightforward in some countries, and there are legitimate companies that do help you out with that. But there's probably a lot of illegitimate companies, and that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast, is making sure we know the difference. Okay, so the false greeters number eight. Let's say you've asked your hotel to send a taxi to collect you. Um, there could be more than one person holding a sign with your name on it when you arrive. How does somebody get your name? Let's see. Okay, so what they do is they come into the airport. Um, they see somebody's name. Um, let's just say John Smith, of course, for example purposes, which they could probably just put John Smith since it's a very, very normal name. Um, but they go through and they check out who has uh, names already written out. And then they go ahead of that person, you know, a little earlier or a little closer and then they put the same name on it, and then that person is greeted by them, and then they do the whole scam there. It's pretty elaborate, um, but it can work. And uh, I guess what I don't get is you've already prepaid for most of this stuff, um, and if somebody did ask you to pay, I would be extremely wary because we get picked up. Uh, we get picked up at the airport a couple times, and yeah, they make it as easy as possible. And I think if it was harder, you'd probably be a little skeptical. All right, so, oh, I guess um, taxi drivers could drive you part of the way and then demand a hefty fee to take you any further. So maybe that's what it is, is they get you on the way back or to the airport or something, or, I mean, the hotel, just to kind of get done with it. They they drive you halfway, and then they say, hey, this is a stick-up. Where's my hefty fee? Um, so make a point of getting the uh, driver's number for reassurance just to kind of cross-check it maybe with an email and then check the company ID if necessary. So make sure that matches up with what you have in your email or printouts. What's really nice is we do some travel um, assistance. So we have like a travel guide that kind of gets everything into an itinerary. We're actually we're going to Europe here in August and they have this Everything's written down. This is a great company. I can drop it on here. It's called Kensington. Not sponsored by them, but they're great. Uh, they help you with every step of the way. They make sure that you are not getting scammed. That's actually what they talked about, was making sure that you have cross-references to pickups. You have Because there's a lot of pickups during this trip. It's nine days, so you've got like a bunch of pickups. You've got a bunch of different hotels. Typically, you're not paying anything during this because everything's already been prepaid. So that's kind of one of the big, you know, size of release or relief um, is making sure that everything's taken care of. I think one of the coolest things that happened, and sorry, this is kind of spinning off into this. We were in Greece, and when Greece, um, I guess Greece is just known for their planned, like, walkouts. Like, they do protests. They do... People are just kind of abandoning their posts just for some sort of union unionized something. But anyways, um, it's very common for some of the public transportation venues to not 
be working that day and it's just kind of that like just out of the blue so we were supposed to go on a boat and they um canceled it for the day so our um tour guide they were hard at work getting us airplane tickets and had those sent over to our hotel and they already told our pickup guy that we were going to the airport instead of the boat thing they left us a text in the morning. It was awesome. So it's super easy, super reliable, and it just kind of feels like you've got somebody watching over you. So if that's the case, you can always check out something like that. It is a little more pricier, obviously. So that's what we're talking about here is if you don't want to pay for somebody to help, um, like you'd not get scammed in senses like this. Yeah. So anyways, let's move on to the Bluetooth Sting. Sorry about that little side venture the bluetooth sting um, so if your handset or phone is um, discoverable mode at an airport um, hackers can easily pair with your divorce or device sorry <laughs> again i think this is what happens when i do early podcasts um, i just can't talk to steal your information or even install a virus so remember to unselect the discoverable mode on your device and keep sensitive data protected with encryption software this is pretty common because you are just exiting the um airplane and you have probably had your bluetooth on during that and this is a case where people can like airdrop you stuff if you have a apple device or you can i can't remember if it's like samsung switch if it's like android yeah so um number 10 is the broken taxi meter so the taxi driver will then tell you that the meter is broken i talked about this on tiktok um after you ride and charges you way more than a standard tariff so always be asking when you get into a taxi, if you are going to do a taxi, ask them what it's going to be beforehand. And then you can make your decision. Don't ever just be like, oh yeah, whatever it'll be. Just, just get me to the, because it'll be a lot more, you know, the, and I'm not saying that all taxi drivers are like this, but just be wary of it because some are, and you never know which ones are going to be it. They'll either take the scenic route. Sometimes there may be holdups and road work that force a driver to take a different route, which they know. Um, they'll just go that way and be like, oh, shoot. And they already knew that it was closed down. I got to go this other way. Okay, so maybe pull that up on Google Maps. That's another one is pull up the route on Google Maps and see if it is even close to like the normal route. So book those sometimes in advance with a reliable company. That's good. So let's check out some of the other airport scams here. So one is bribes. So uh, traveling to a third world country obviously uh, can take you to the land of bribes. So often from um, these, there are a lot of people that are just uh, taking advantage of people who are coming to there that are unfamiliar with the area, the culture, customs, regulations, all this kind of stuff. So there's a traveler to Egypt recently reporting uh, being searched by a customs guy who patted the victim's shirt down and asked if there was anything in there for me. The implication being that if there wasn't, there could be trouble ahead. So he must have felt some wallet or money. And the person probably had to fork up some stuff. Because in this case, it's really hard. You don't really want to mess around with like your your way out. And I'm sure you could ask, say, hey, where's security at? I'd like to talk to a head of somebody. But that's if you're feeling emboldened for the day. You never know what that's going to result in. So... There was another instance of a traveler with his dog who was asked by an Indian customs official, how much is that dog worth? And the dog was a mutt. So the answer was that of little, like very little. It wasn't like some prestigious breed. But, um, ah, says the official, but how much is it worth to you? And the frightened and wary traveler subsequently handed over $200. So 
I guess officials sometimes have planted some banned items on people or sub- substances to tell victims that uh, if they wanted their connection, um, then they'd have to pay. So the trouble is that uh, obviously you have to decide if you want to stand firm and risk being delayed or even arrested on some of these trumped up charges or pay up and just kind of get in your way. So it's a cost benefit analysis and you really never know what uh, what it's going to result in. But um, I always say stand firm, but I don't really want to be held rely- or liable for any of the uh, the things that happen afterwards. But again, I think it's a pretty rare case. I think most people want you to visit their country. So I don't think a lot of these are going to happen in the airports because people are just going to be flagging this country as, hey, don't go there. This is a scam. Uh, don't even like just go somewhere else. Spend your money elsewhere because they're just going to scam you from ground zero to when you return. It's not good. So another one is, um, and I think this is probably going to be the last one we talk about. Yeah, this one's, well, I know, I guess there's the fake Uber. Yeah, let's talk about the fake Uber, Uber one. So when you do ride shares, you want to always make sure you're looking at your air, uh, like your phone and making sure you're comparing the two and saying the name when you drop in and they're saying your name. So you know exactly that you're getting into the right Uber or whatever. So there is a lot of these fake Ubers that actually park in the same area and Anybody who just looks like they're waiting on somebody, they'll get out of their car and start grabbing your luggage and then, you know, say, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to get you to your destination. Um, can you tell me where you're going just so I'm confirming that? So basically they're putting, they're extracting information cleverly just to look like they know exactly what it is, but they want to confirm that you're not scamming them. So make sure that you are the one giving the information out. Make sure you're put in a position to where you have all of the power in the sense of information. They are not just because if they just guess, they're probably going to be wrong. There's a plenty. There's plenty of hotels, locations, parts of cities. So let them do the talking, and you don't give any information out until they give out information, and then you can compare the two. Okay. So next, we're talking about the juice jacking, is what it's called. So they're not stealing your juice box here. Basically, thieves hack into your phone while it's charging on a public USB port. Uh, They can introduce malware and steal your personal information. So while it is good um, to always stay powered, um, make sure you're using a correct stand or maybe even plugging into some of the instances of the chairs themselves have it, which is kind of cool. So just plug into that. Or you can have your own little uh, power pack, which is what I usually do and I would suggest doing that if you do have um just do have one make sure it's charged before you go it's good on the airplane most most of your planes have chargers on them but if they don't um it's good to have that juice while you're going and again in the car because you want to make sure that you always have access to your phone that's huge so guys that is it um i know we're ramping up into busy travel season so i wanted to make sure i got this out there in ample time so guys remember with fake time or fake items sorry there are those who produce them those who purchase them and those that listen to this podcast i will see you guys in the next episode bye